Welcome, campers, to the last week of Camp Retro Club. To end out the summer, we will be hosting our annual Putt-Putt Tournament, followed by a showing of Caddyshack and the Rec Hall. Make sure to have your bunks cleaned out by the end of the week, and we'll see you all next year. Hello and welcome to the Retro Club. We're your hosts, John. And Megan. And we're doing this again. Okay. Sorry. Well, I was confused. I'm just on a roll, even though I don't know why, because my throat is jacked right now. I know. You you were really worried about putting together the intro. I was. Because I'm pulling like double duty here with these podcasts and all these Patreon episodes. Yeah. Were you worried you were going to sound like Louis Armstrong or something? (laughs) No. Jeepers. I did did that one time, though, in my other podcast on accident. Louis Armstrong? Yeah, I'll have to find the episode. But Kelsey said something about Louis Armstrong, and I went, oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) And I didn't even, like, I didn't do it to sound like Louis. It just came out that way. And then we laughed because Kelsey thought I did that on purpose. And I was like, no. (laughs) What a wonderful world. (laughs) Oh, and I did something the other. I Oh, one of our last episodes, I panicked because I saw she showed me a picture of something scary and my throat did something crazy. So I don't know. I'm just on. What did you do? Like bubble like throat or something? I can't. Uh, uh, I can't replicate it. Well, I'm anyway. just going to have to let you listen to it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. anyway. Uh, kids are going back to school. I know. Which means it's last week of camp retro club. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of fun with this one. The camp theme was fun. Fun. I fun. liked it a lot. Yeah, it was good. Summertime, summertime. <laughs> uh, I accidentally made a joke about a person with one arm. What? People at work were uh, telling me there's a person that needed help outside. Mm-hmm. And uh, they only have one arm. I must have misheard them because I was like, they find it. A what? I don't know. I don't know. Oh. I wasn't trying to make a joke. I went out there and actually had one arm. <laughs> Good God, John. <laughs> Jesus. And we've, we've gotten in some really weird discussions this week. Like we did, we're tr- talking about how Jeeps uh, settle disputes over names. Yeah, because, you know, Jeep people name and decorate their Jeeps to whatever their theme is. What happens if there's a Jeep that has the same name as you or has the name that you want? You know what happens. Dun, 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 dun. Like Mad Max dun, style. Dun, 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 dun. What is no, that? <laughs> that is thunder in your heart. Oh, okay. <laughs> taking a risk. Taking a chance. Oh, chance, taking a chance. Risking it all. Risking it all. Thrill <laughs> the moment. Uh, yeah, I think they battle to the death is my guess. They have to do an obstacle course, I would think. That's why you don't see two Jeeps of the same name because the other one uh, did not Pretty make it out alive. It. Yeah, didn't make it out alive. It's like Grave Digger, the monster truck. He oh. just buries all the competition. Mm-mm. <laughs> what this monster truck thing? I don't know what this is. Who are you? <laughs> I, I'm definitely going to do that for a Patreon episode. Top monster 10 truck? monster trucks. No, I'm, like, I'm a monster truck person, but there's got to be 10 I could think of. No, I know nothing of monster Actually, trucks. People out there, reach out to me about your favorite monster trucks featured in anything. Oh, my God. All I can think of when I... It's not even monster trucks is that... Um, 
Twisted Metal game. You remember that? Oh, yeah. They made a series out of it. <laughs> I know. No, uh, I, what would be number one? It'd probably be like the monster truck from, yeah, it'd be Gravedigger. Because I don't really know a whole lot of other ones. I Maybe the I... one from Redeemer from uh, Wretched Gemstones. Great show, by the way. Had, this had a this was a great season. Great finale. We've mentioned it so many times. If you haven't watched it by now, come on. Come on. Yeah. And thus far, uh, what we do in the shadows had a new season come out. It's it's slowly catching up. Mm-hmm. It's okay. What else have we watched? Only Murders in the Building. Yeah, season two came out. So far, it's starting off hot. It's got Paul Rudd and Meryl Streep. So yeah, it's crazy. It's stacked this, yeah. this season. It's really good. Uh, yeah, I think those are the three. Oh, I learned something that just like scarred my childhood, by the way. Yes. So um, if you're a Ninja Turtles fan, you've been pushed to think that Raphael's the one that uh, needs the most discipline and he can't control his anger. Okay. In this new series that's come out that they're actually going to make a video game and stuff about, it's called The Last Ronin. It's mm-hmm. based around Michelangelo. If you've ever seen the 1990 Ninja Turtle movie, mm-hmm. there's this part where uh, there's a Ninja Turtle that can't uh, stop working out in the um, barn. And then he does like the Rocky thing on top of the barn. He's like Splinter. And it's Raphael's voice. It's actually Michelangelo. Oh. <laughs> that scarred me. So those two parts were supposed to be switched. Hmm. I, I did not watch... The 90s one? Eh, maybe sure I about did. That? I might have. It just didn't. Uh... Okay. Secret of the Use is an all-timer. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's not. Ninja rap. Not Megan, my that's bag. That's all I'm saying. It's not my bag. <laughs> but I guess we can get to the task at hand. Yes. We're going to talk about a really good 80s movie. Actually, it's a really good start to the 80s. I'll say 1980. Exactly. Mm-hmm. We're talking July about. July 25th, 1980. Caddyshack. Mm-hmm. Which. Oh, wait, July 25th. Never mind. It actually opened at number four in, in the theater. Okay. Uh, it came out in five, 656 theaters. This was the hardest one I've done so far to find the top 10 movies for for that week. Really? I had to do so much research, and then I finally just kind of like booked them in how by mm-hmm. their gross. So the movies that came out or were out that week were Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back, so obviously yeah. <laughs> no movie's gonna be able to match that. No. Airplane. Hmm. Cheech and Chong's next movie. Okay. Caddyshack. So people were digging comedies this summer. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh Dress to Kill. More of a serious movie. Yeah. Blues Brothers. Mm-hmm. Blue Lagoon. Okay. Brew Baker. I don't know that one. Uh I had to look at more into it. It's I don't know if it's my cup of tea. <laughs> The Battle Beyond the Stars, and Zombie. I do not know those last three. <laughs> I've seen Zombie. It's not bad. Hmm. Okay. Well. This movie is rated R and is listed as a sports comedy. I, okay. I, That's what it is. R is a little high, I think. Really? Yeah. I mean, I guess there's full nudity. Well, it's just boobies. but and then, There's not really even a lot of like bad language or nothing. I, I guess know. for the time. I guess. I was saying, you see her. The U.S. is a bunch of prudes. <laughs> you see girls in their underwear and a girl topless a couple mm-hmm. times, but that's really. I mean, there's yeah. a little bit of bad a lot language. Of nipple. A lot of nipple. 
Yeah, but I mean, whatevs. <laughs> <laughs> this movie has a running time of an hour and 38 minutes. It's not bad. Yeah. Do you want to do the synopsis? Yeah, I can. Yeah, that's okay. fine. <clears throat> Let me clear my throat because I'm a mess over here. Okay, Danny Noonan, a teen down on his luck, works as a caddy at the snob-infested Bushwood Country Club to raise money for his college education. In an attempt to gain votes for a college scholarship reserved for caddies, Noonan volunteers to caddy for a prominent and influential club member. Meanwhile, Danny struggles to prepare for the high-pressure Caddy Day golf tournament while absorbing new-age advice from the wealthy golf guru, Ty Webb. That's, that's okay. Yeah, that's yeah. The, I it's don't fine. know why I was picturing you reading it like Bobcat Goldthwait because you've been talking about your voice hurting. No, oh, no, I can't do voices. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to do it. I, I know I can, but I'm not going to. That's a lot to read. <laughs> yeah. This movie had a, it was hard to get the budget for this movie too. Cause I couldn't see where anybody agreed to anything. So it's made from anywhere from four and a half to 6 million though. Okay. Chevy Chase, I would have guessed, would have got the biggest penny in this. He was actually a name, so. Uh, okay. Yeah, I mean, because Bill Murray had a pretty small character anyway. Mm-hmm. He was um, an add-on. Yeah, I don't know. What about uh, Rodney Dangerfield? Would he have been? He wasn't that guy yet. Really? Okay. This is the movie that really blew him up, too. Directed by Harold Ramis. He's got some good ones, some really good ones. Okay. I mean, Groundhog Day's an, a a classic. Yeah, and we've talked about Harold Ramis before in his director mm-hmm. directed movies. Yes, he's great. Uh, for the cast, like I said, we have Chevy Chase, known for the National Lampoon's uh, films, mm-hmm. uh, both Fletch movies, Spies Like Us, and The Three Amigos. Mm-hmm. And he plays Ty. Mm-hmm. Then we have Rodney Dangerfield as uh, Chervik. Yeah, I don't know how to say yeah. his last name. Yeah, he's uh, movies I know him from are like Ladybugs, Easy Money, Back to School. Oh, that yeah. Killer soundtrack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Casper and Little Nicky. Casper? Yeah, he's the mayor. Okay. And yeah. we're talking about the one with Christina Ricci, right? And yeah. Devin Sawa. Okay. Yeah, the one you love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hold on, baby, I'm taking you back to ski. <laughs> I can't not say it like Cartman. <laughs> I know. Uh, Bill Murray, obviously, is in this movie. We know him from Scrooge, uh, both Ghostbusters films. What about Bob? Mm. Groundhog Day. Which we've not covered. What about Bob yet? Mm-hmm. It, we will, though, <laughs> one day. It's going to be hard <laughs> to cover. <laughs> Stripes and meatballs. Okay. Brian Doyle Murray. His catalog's way too too long to name his movies, mm-hmm. but he's in some great ones. He's in a lot of all-time movies. Yeah, and a lot of movies with Bill Murray. The Murray mm-hmm. brothers end up together a lot. Uh, Ted Knight, he plays the judge. He's more known for Psycho and the Mary Tyler Moore show. He's in Psycho? He's Is one it? of the cops. Oh, I did not realize that. Yeah. Uh, Sarah Holcomb, who plays Maggie. Mm-hmm. She was the young girl in Animal House. She okay. was actually like 19 when she filmed that, playing a 13-year-old. Oh. Mm-hmm. And then uh, she was in Jaws too, but all her scenes got deleted because of how bad the production went for that. Yikes. 
And uh, I'll end that with uh, Scott Colombo. He's known for the Porky's Trilogy. And Jack Frost. He plays the bass player in the band. Oh, we're talking about <laughs> Michael yep. Keaton, Jack Frost? Yes. Yuck. I would give anything to get that time back. <laughs> did we, we didn't cover that during the winter, did we? No. Oh, man. We talked about it, and we're like, oh, it was such a good movie. I shot it down and then after we, we rewatched it. <laughs> we rewatched it and said, what? Yeah, because I was like, I don't know if I can handle I love Michael Keaton. I can't handle him with blonde bangs. Oh, yeah, the frosted tips and... Him playing the harmonica. Playing the harmonica. <laughs> it was it's so just bad. such a bad movie. Oh, my God. I remembered it being so, so different and being so good. That was a movie I remember going to the theaters to see with my class when it came out. I think I was like 10. Yeah. And I remember that. It's such a much better movie. And I was like so mad at myself that I ever liked it. Yeah. After we rewatched it. Oh, yeah, fuck it was, that movie. Uh, not good. Yeah. <laughs> All right, sweetheart, do we want to get right into it? Who, me? <laughs> yeah. Dude, if any of you follow John on Facebook, you know that he's been, like, putting some cheesy stuff. I don't know what his deal <laughs> is, but... Uh, I just feel like I should down. give you more praise. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I just don't... I know you're a very selfish person, would never do anything like that. So we'll just go with me being a good-at-heart human being. What? <laughs> this that is untrue, John. I just don't do PDA. I don't like. I don't know how it's to react. Pub- it's not really PDA. It is. You are publicly announcing your love for me. I'm publicly typing. Uh, oh my god, we're not splitting hairs here. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll go with my first scene, which isn't really a scene. Um. I had a hard time picking scenes for this for some reason. I don't really. Yeah, I don't know why. So I, kinda, I had a hard time breaking them uh, down. Did you? Okay. They, everything feels like it's filmed in a big section. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, the first thing I'm going to go with is kind of you see it throughout the movie. You kind of have to piece it together. But Danny is like schmoozing the judge for this scholarship and trying to get in good, and. He keeps lying about stuff that he wants to do. He's like, oh, yeah, I was looking into law school. And <laughs> then he wanted to go into the priesthood. And then Yeah, people keep giving him shit throughout the whole movie. He's just the kid lost. You know, doesn't know what he wants to do yet. Yeah, and I thought they were teenagers, but I guess he. you said he's like 20 or something. Yeah, he's like fresh out of high school for a couple of years. Yeah, so he's trying to just... Uh, he's trying to fit into this country club anyway, because... I will say I didn't put this in my my moments of the movie, but in the very beginning when it opens up and you see their house, it's like a million kids in this house. And I love that they made the house look lived in. It looked realistic. It looked like an actual family's house. Yeah. Like the walls were dirty and the paint was chipped. Yeah. And you know what it kind of reminded me of? Hmm. It reminded me of like an apartment complex that somebody had just purchased. Kind of. Yeah. So, and it, it wasn't like a Hollywood house. It looked yeah. like a house that had been lived in with 10 children, as yeah. it should. Definitely not a brownstone. What? <laughs> Definitely not a brownstone. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then he works at this high-end country club where he's trying to fit in. And mm-hmm. not saying that his family's poor, but he's definitely not elite. They're middle class. By, yeah. He's not elite by any means. So, he's trying to, like, win over all these rich dudes. And they're like... Okay, and just not buying it, and it's embarrassing for him because he's also striking out in front of the judge's niece, uh, Lacey. Isn't that her name? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's the first scene I went with. Yeah, it's not a bad, not a bad start. 
Uh, I'm going to go with the, the deal on the $40,000 game. Okay. So it all comes ahead to a head uh, at this point in the movie. They decide to meet at the actual country club in the, not the clubhouse part, but I guess you would call it the game or billiard room. Mm-hmm. Chevy Chase is set behind the bar just trying to it's have like a good time. It's like the judge's office or something. It's not his office. It's not? Okay. No. They asked to go into the office to... That, that I'm leading to that. Okay. You're just like that, dissecting my part. <laughs> but so you have Ty, like I said, was trying to do his thing. Um, then who, who else is in the scene? Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah. Rodney Dangerfield comes in. It's all the, very the upset elite because, people. Yes. Comes in very upset says he doesn't care about the country club like they care about it. He actually wants the property to turn it into income housing and a shopping mall. To like condos. Well, he's got mm-hmm. condos, condos going to next door. Yeah. And the judge is so angry. He even puts his hands on him. Yeah. Because he tells him it's like stuffy and it's uh, trashy or whatever. Like he uses. Yeah. He says they, they, they're just a bunch of old people just hating society at mm-hmm. large. So they come to the idea that they're going to have this uh, game, that, but the judge has to agree to it, obviously, because there's no gambling on the premises. Mm-hmm. But I like this scene because Chevy Chase finally tells the judge, you know, my dad never liked you. And he, he's not about the, the same structure that the judge likes. Yeah. Cause he thinks Ty is going <clears> to <throat> partner up with him until he finds out like, Nobody likes you, dude. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's not bad. See, I like how I went for the beginning and you start towards the, well, towards the end. Yeah, not the actual end, but. Yeah, I, I break mine up. I don't like doing them just in order. I like them, the, my five, how I like them. It depends. I mean. By, it, by the scenes I love. It just depends on, most of mine end up in chronological order just because. Usually the better parts of the movie are at the end, but Mm -hmm. not always. No problem. So my next scene that I'm going to do is (laughs) when they're doing, uh, they're just golfing. (laughs) It's when uh, Rodney Dangerfield's character shows up and he's ticking off the judge smells. (laughs) Shits on his hat and all that. He keeps distracting him while he's golfing and he gets mad at one point and he throws his golf club <laughs> and he like knocks this old lady out thousand bucks you missed that putt <laughs> and he did and it was an easy shot and he missed it and got mad and threw the golf club and hit this lady and they have to go over and she's like <laughs> laying on the ground and they're fanning her and it broke the glass and the umbrella yeah it went right through the umbrella and <laughs> hit this woman <laughs> So, uh, Ronnie Dangerfield got him twice during that scene too. <laughs> he did. Yeah. Yeah. But you slice it, slice it in the woods, 20 bucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gambling is illegal at Bushwood and I never slice. Immediately slices. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> so, uh, he's the, the restaurant people, I guess. I, I think that's like a restaurant patio that it happened at <laughs> on the, the grounds there. Telling the judge that he's going to have to pay for the damage and stuff. And eventually, and this, again, it's Danny. This is where Danny really sucks up to him, too. Yes. More of Danny just trying to get in good with the judge. He's like, oh, it's my fault. I should have told you to put more grip on the... It wasn't as... It was missing, like, the sticky grip or whatever it's called. And 
he's like, oh, thanks for, you know, having my back back there. And that's when he tells him he has a good chance of getting a scholarship, the the scholarship. So I just like the scene where he almost kills that woman. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good scene, Meg. I, I wasn't even thinking about putting that one on there. Mm, I r- wish I would have because I love when um, <laughs> Ronnie Dangerfield hits the ball mm-hmm. and he yells for and hits the judge right in his nuts. Oh, I should have yeah. said two. Oh my god. <laughs> uh my next scene is definitely the dinner party scene. Okay. The judge has this uh nephew named Spaulding. If see the scene starts out so crazy. He's like, You gonna eat your fat? Oh remember that? that you were disgusted by that too. He is. He's gross. Danny's uh helping out his girlfriend Maggie. Mm-hmm. I, well, acquaintance, Maggie. They're sleeping together. Yeah. <laughs> And th- he meets the judge's Ooh. niece, mm-hmm. and he keeps putting butter on her tray. You okay? There was a nap. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> keeps putting butter on her tray, and she's like, I think I've had enough. You can never have enough. <laughs> no, but never have enough butter, but that's fine. <laughs> then you get Rodney Dangerfield coming in in this really loud outfit, and he is so loud. He's wearing like purple pants, a yellow <laughs> shirt, and a red tartan kind of jacket. <laughs> the dance of the walking dead. <laughs> he is great during that scene. And then he tells the judge's wife, you want to make $14 the hard way? Oh, man, that gets me every time. <laughs> Spalding's just drinking all these drinks that he finds on the bar. He drinks Yuck. the one with the cigarette butt and goes and throws up in somebody's car. Mm-hmm. This is a great scene. I, I had to drop this one. Yeah. So many memorable things happened during this scene. Yeah, it's not bad. <laughs> well, my next scene. See, I kind of wish I would have went with something different, but that's okay. I'm going to go with the pool scene. So mm-hmm. there's a part in the movie where the uh, caddies get 15 minutes, 15 whole minutes to swim in the pool. And it's absolute chaos the whole time. Also to um, Kenny Loggins song. Mm, is it i don't know which one was it is. playing but uh, mr something i can't remember what it's called anyway they're like tearing up this pool and the thing is one of the actual members it's not one of the caddies i think it's one of the it's like a girl or something i don't think she's a caddy she opens up like a candy bar at one point and goes to she's eat a caddy. it is she okay and she drops it in the pool and first of all this they take this candy bar and they've obviously elongated it and made it look um, melted and gross <laughs> and it's floating through the pool and everyone starts screaming that there's a turd in the pool <laughs> and have to take off. Dude, <laughs> that one who was it Spalding, Spalding? that got face to face with the it? grandma is what makes it Spalding. No, because <laughs> he's underwater with his uh, like snorkel on and <laughs> gets face to face with this candy bar turd but then they have to clear the pool and empty candy it. bar turd <laughs> they have to empty the pool which they have bill murray's character cleaning it up <laughs> it's so big dude and he picks it up and the old lady uh the judge's wife he picks it up and he's like it's no big deal and takes a bite out of it and takes she, a huge hunk out of it <laughs> and she faints <laughs> the way he, sh- he eats it is what makes that scene because he does like that no, it's gross. <laughs> the, the hard chew on it. Yeah. Oh man, that's that's a good scene. That is. That's what Remember I how up. dirty the pool was? All the skin it cells. It was. Part of me was like, it's a good thing they cleaned that pool. There's a lot of dirt in there. Yeah. Just they must have a terrible filtering system. 
or all those caddies were super dirty when they jumped in. It could have been. It's summertime. Yeah. You saw how bad they were sweating out there. <laughs> That's true. Um, my next scene was any way you want it. That's the way you need it. Okay. The actual caddy shack. This is where oh. you get to see them. The caddies in action. Uh, you get to meet Brian Doyle Murray's uh, character. His uh-huh. name's Lou. And a big a sidebar note about this is Lou keeps raising the prices on everything because he bets at the track and he's been betting money from the obviously from the country club. Yeah. And still losing. So he raises the prices on like the the Coke mm-hmm. and or like a quarter or something. Yeah. And there's just all these problems that come up. So guys can't get paid mm-hmm. right away unless Lou's there. And then Danny and one of the guys have an altercation. Yeah, I don't know who, what the other caddy's name is, but he's like a greaser cat. He's got that slick back black hair. and Yeah, he's the he's the Italian stallion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he tries to grab Danny through the through the door. He's like, watch it, jerk. Danny, so uh, he, he wants a Coke. Danny uh, gives him his change. He's like, what's that? 50 cents. 50 cents. <laughs> I ain't paying no 50 cents for no Coke. Hey, you don't get no Coke. <laughs> Know what I'm talking about? So 80s. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Lou comes back and then he's like, not, he doesn't want an altercation. So he's like, anything else I can do for you, Lou? <laughs> That's what makes that scene. Yeah. Danny gets forced into a fight. Some uh, uh, The other kid's brother jumps on Danny's back. Mm-hmm. They break the gumball machine. Yeah. I would have been mad about that. Sad day. <laughs> yeah. Then Lou's talking about how things are going bad for the caddies. Yeah. Because they're smoking grass, doing all these things, fornicating. And they're getting ready to get replaced by golf carts. He does, he threatens them with that. Mm-hmm. That's what also, does that sign say? <laughs> this is where you get to see the caddies have to do their actual job, too, like carrying the bags and all that. Yeah. And Ronnie Dangerfield has this bag that's huge. <laughs> it's It's got literally everything on it. It's got a freaking water dispenser. It has a radio. They start listening to Journey. Mm-hmm. And then everybody starts dancing badly. That's what I was going to talk about. I was changing my next scene. I wanted it to be, uh, I put something down, but it was another uh, just general theme throughout the movie. But I forgot about Ronnie Dangerfield's so what? bag. So let's dance. It's got, And it's a beer tap. Mm-hmm. It's not oh, it water. Is a beer tap. It's beer that pops up. And it's got a radio and it's got a TV and like all the caddies are sitting watching TV. <laughs> and the other golfers are like, what are you doing? Get up. <laughs> Ronnie Dangerfield is great in this movie. And when he first shows up, he has when he puts his bag down and they pick the caddy to carry his bag. It's like this <laughs> little, little girl. girl, which I thought was a little boy. And you find out later is a girl, Yeah, but and she's ton of hair too. just as tall as the bag is and tries to pick it up and just spins in a circle. has <laughs> <laughs> to sit it back down. Um, oh man. That is, that is freaking hilarious when he's carrying it. The, the Italian kids carrying it. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you got in here? Rocks? Ronnie Dangerfield just shoots that down. He's like, what are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> I had to carry blocks of ice up five, six flights of stairs when I was your age. <laughs> yeah, like 50 pound bags of ice yeah. or something. That's when the kids are like, so what? And he's like, so what? So let's dance. Yeah. <laughs> then you see he has a radio. And he starts playing Journey. Journey, which I forget how old that song actually is when I was like, oh my God, this is 1980 and they're jamming out to Journey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, 
And then when he wants one of the golf clubs, he hits a button and it shoots out of the thing. <laughs> and at the very end, at the after the tournament bet thing they have going on, all, oh, the, all of them shoot out. All the clubs shoot out into the air. <laughs> it's so stupid. He's such a fun character. Yeah. I had to talk about his character. I realized I didn't have him at all on my list, so I, I replaced one of my scenes okay. with that. What's your next one? That was it. It was just the, the general, <laughs> oh, his really? bag. Yeah. Okay. So I get to go right into another one. Yes. Oh, well, the the grand storm, the bishop and uh, Bill Murray, the Cinderella story. Uh-huh. Bill Murray made this whole thing up on the fly. Mm-hmm. And they caught it on film. Just him <laughs> whacking uh, flowers. Yeah. And it's one of the more. I think it's one of the more memorable scenes. Probably. Uh, it, it gets quoted a lot. Yeah. As far as sports movies go, I think it's just like the scene of scenes. Yeah. I struggled. I almost made this my number one, but I think there's another scene in the movie that's better. Mm, okay. This is a great scene because the bishop's going to go in, but this storm starts coming down. <laughs> and Bill Murray's raining. like, I don't think the heavy stuff's going to come down for a while. While they're getting like absolutely drenched. <laughs> yeah. That huge wind machine pushing Bill Murray back <laughs> as he's walking. Oh, yeah. man, that was bad. You see the judge hitting these incredible shots. He knocks a putt in and a frog jumps out. You know, I could break the club record. Oh, my God. And then he goes for it on the 18th hole, misses it. And then <laughs> that's when he gets mad. And that's also when <laughs> Bill Murray's like watching what happens. And he gets struck by lightning. Yeah. <laughs> Bill Murray just lays the pole down and the bag and just like <laughs> walks away, yeah. tiptoes away. Yeah. It definitely gives off righteous gemstone vibes. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, it definitely uh, does. Baby Billy gets hit by lightning. <laughs> you loved that scene. I don't know why. It wasn't it's that so funny. It's so funny. I think it's because of Caddyshack. I guess, yeah. That is that is one of my favorite scenes. Bill Murray just out there talking about how he's a Cinderella kid. And he sees somebody walk by him. So he, he stops doing what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And then goes right back into it. He's in a hole. Oh, man. Okay. Are you ready for my last scene? I think so. <laughs> okay. Um, I did go with the ending. I kind of had to. I don't know. It's, okay. it's just, it's a, well, I'll, I'll save it. But my last scene is during the, um, the partner betting game or whatever. They, it comes down to Danny who Ronnie Dangerfield has put all his pressure on him because he ups the ante and says that. He's going to make this shot. Uh, how much does he up it to? I don't even remember. 80. Yeah, it was something crazy. Like double or nothing, he makes it. Mm-hmm. And he's, You're on. Yeah, he hits the, the ball and it just goes to the edge of the cup and just sits there. And everyone's like, no. But <laughs> Bill in, the Murray. Me- in the meantime, Always the hero. Bill Murray has been putting together all these explosives <laughs> and dropping them in different holes around the, the golf course. He made all them C4 animals. Yeah, like a squirrel and a rabbit. <laughs> I love when he does the laugh when he's putting them together. And he's like, <laughs> oh, I, yeah, I don't know how he does that. But he ends up... Um, setting off the explosives right like a second after he puts his ball and misses it and all the the entire golf course is going up in flames and exploding <laughs> and it ends up knocking the ball in the hole so they count it brian doyle murray's like a turn because he it had was. money riding on it too you yeah, know he they did. all had he, they bet on everything they bet on spalding picking his nose and eating it they do yeah so it 
it's the it really is a Cinderella story where Danny wins and ends up winning like a hundred thousand winning. What yeah, I can't he, talk uh, winning. Glenn Chervik takes care of him. Mm-hmm. He says he'll make it worth his while. Yeah, to play and all that. And I cannot believe. I mean, all that pressure. I probably wouldn't have made that shot either because really the shot wasn't that hard. But Danny just just undershot it and yeah, and it stuck right at the edge. That would, that would still that would still haunt me. I'd be like, yeah, the explosion helped, but I didn't make it. Like, <laughs> haunt my dreams forever. But yeah, I, I just went with the final scene because it's a nice close to the movie. It's a fun scene. Mm-hmm. It, it's a good it's a good ending for a movie. Yeah, and you just hate the judge at that point. So it's like <laughs> justice is served when you see the golf course just getting destroyed. <laughs> That's true. And the judge had just hit a giant putt before that. Yeah. All right. So for my final scene, mm-hmm. I think this is the best scene in the movie. It's when they christen the boat. Oh, okay. I love when they christen the boat. A judge is telling this really bad joke. Uh-huh. Ronnie Dangerfield shows up out of nowhere oh, in the okay. giant yacht that has a like a big time motor on it. Yeah, it's like a speed yacht. I don't even yes. know how. <laughs> He's making these crazy waves that are knocking people off wave runners and stuff like that. Yeah. He cuts a boat literally in half. Yeah. See, he destroys when, a dock. It is so funny. When <laughs> you said Chris in the boat, I thought you just meant when the old lady hit the boat. I was like, well, that's a weird. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they broke the, the front off of it. Yeah. Oh, no. This is this is the best scene in the movie. You get this like weird music for the scene. <laughs> Ronnie Dangerfield is just driving like a madman on this marina mm-hmm. and just he's causing so much havoc. And then then to finish it off, what's he do? He puts his anchor right through <laughs> the judge's like little dinghy of a boat. His new like, boat. You scratch my anchor. <laughs> <laughs> Their rivalry is what made this movie so fun. Uh-huh. Ronnie Dangerfield just he was like the ultimate like nice guy. Mm-hmm. But he was just right in the judge's uh, like eyesight for the whole movie. The judge did not like him. I bet he was hard to work with. Ronnie Dangerfield? <laughs> yes, just that kind of comedy is not my kind of comedy. So He's I would find it. getting a lot of people work. I would find it annoying. <laughs> if that's but how he, he really was. He also became famous late in life. So. Yeah, that's true. I get, yeah, so he wasn't famous as a young. He, not like that he became famous like right around the time this movie came out hmm interesting you know yeah he's became famous with the i get no respect joke oh well of course there's honorable mentions Mm-hmm. ty playing the piano definitely one of those mm-hmm. the chicks like play me a love song he starts saying i was born to love you uh-huh <laughs> perfect pitch bill murray or bill murray uh, chevy chase chevy chase yeah yeah, that one's not bad. Um, I One of the scenes I put down and then I ended up taking out was just the whole love triangle, I guess, with mm-hmm. Danny. Because we didn't even really talk about the judge's niece, Lacey, and how she just stirs up stuff. Because the thing is, Danny had that scholarship in the bag and then ended up sleeping with Lacey, even though he was sleeping with Maggie. I guess they weren't exclusive, but... no. And she even said it might not be his because she has yeah. like this little pregnancy scare. Yeah. So Lacey almost screws up that scholarship for him, which I think he ends up not getting anyway in the end. I'm going to assume the judge is not going to give him that scholarship after. I was thinking him. Maggie saying, 
tanks for nothing. I that accent is the worst. Yeah, it was, it was not good. Yeah. I also really like the scene where Danny wins the caddy open. Mm-hmm. And they're like trying to talk to him while he's making his last putt. Miss. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stuff you can't do during a, a regular golf game. No, no. Oh, and how um, Ty has all those checks that he doesn't cash. I thought yeah. that was crazy. Why? He had like a $70,000 check just sitting on a table. That's because he can. He told the chick to keep it. Yeah, what the heck? I love when he uh, took the old bottles of Perrier and put them together. Mm-hmm. Didn't act like it was going to pop and fizz. <laughs> it's water. Come <laughs> on, give me a break. It it's, it's sparkling water. I mean, it could. Wasn't sparkling no more. And no, probably not. <laughs> anyway, did you have any other? That's it, I think. This was a really easy one to get through because this movie, this movie is just an all-time, all-time sports movie. And an all-time comedy. It's... It's ranked in so many things. All right. Well, would you like some trivia? I'd love some trivia. Okay. So I feel like we also know a bit of trivia about this movie. Mm -hmm. This movie has one of the better, uh, what would you call it? Making of? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Okay. So something that we probably, we definitely knew. I don't know about our listeners, but I'll go ahead and throw it out there just because. So Carl Spackler. Played by Bill Murray. He's uh-huh. the groundskeeper. Was originally a silent character in the script. Um, but after Bill Murray was cast, Harold Ramis encouraged him to speak and improvise throughout the movie. Yeah, everything he did was ad-libbed. Yeah, I don't... They may have told him to say certain stuff, but as far as the script goes, nothing was actually written down. Mm-hmm. Which leads us to Bill Murray improvising the Cinderella story sequence. It was from two lines of stage direction. So this is, like I said, there were points where Harold would tell him, like, I want you to say something like this and just run with it. So that's kind of what happened. Um, Harold had asked Murray to imagine himself announcing his own fantasy sports moment. And he asked for, and all Murray asked for in exchange was four rows of chrysanthemums. And he did the scene. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. So a big hill was built from scratch for the climactic 18th hole scene because the country club did not want it, want its course blown up, if you could imagine. The pyrotechnic people used too many explosives, which completely destroyed the hill and caused planes flying by to report an explosion as if a plane had crashed there. Holy crap. Yeah, they went a little overboard. <laughs> that, that scene is really intense, though, all those explosions. Mm-hmm. I couldn't imagine being on set. Yeah. So even though these two don't get along from what we understand, Bill Murray and Chevy Chase are pretty good about improvising. So it wasn't just Bill Murray who had improvised scenes in this. Chevy Chase also did. I could see that. They both came from improv and SNL. So mm-hmm. so the character, uh, Cindy Morgan, she played Lacey, the, the niece, she said that the oil massage scene was also improvised. <laughs> I could see that she- Chevy Chase just dumping the whole bottle of oil on her because mm-hmm. she genuinely looks surprised. She did. She said, when Lacey exclaims, you're crazy, that was Morgan's genuine reaction to her dousing him dousing her with oil. And Chase's reply, that's what they said about the son of Sam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> all of that was improvised. That's fun. <laughs> Why? Okay. Sometimes so. you just got to catch magic in a bottle, man. That's what this movie does. Mm-hmm. All right, so this is about Rodney Dangerfield. It's a little bit of a longer piece of trivia. Mm-hmm. According to Chris Nashawati's book, I, I don't know if that's how you say his name, his book, Caddyshack, mm-hmm. Rodney Dangerfield was so unaccustomed to how films were made at the time. So I guess you're right. He wasn't much of an actor at this point. Harold Ramis had to gently guide him to make sure that he was comfortable the first scene Dangerfield was in was the pro shop scene. <laughs> he was ready to go and Ramus called action and then nothing happened. Dangerfield just stood there. So Ramus Ramus asked him if there was a problem and asked if he was ready. And Dangerfield said, sure. So Ramus called action again and he still just stood there. <laughs> so Ramus walked over to him and said, Rodney, when I call action, that's your cue to come in and do the scene. And Rodney was like, oh, you mean, like, do my bit? And Raymond <laughs> said, yes. So he called action for the third time. And he just stood there again. <laughs> and then Raymond said, okay, Rodney, now do your bit. And Dangerfield pounced into the room and delivered a perfect take, even improvising the line about getting a free bowl of soup. <laughs> <laughs> he buried the judge during that entire scene. Yeah. So from then on, whenever Dangerfield had a scene, Ramus never said action. He always said, "Okay, Rodney, do your bit," because he just didn't. He didn't jump at the word action for some reason. He would freeze. Well, he was a stand-up, so. Yeah. So yeah, the bowl of soup was also improvised. <laughs> oh Lord. <laughs> get a, buy a hat like that, but you get a free bowl of soup. <laughs> the judge instantly took his hat off <laughs> out of anger, just slammed it on the first <laughs> yeah. thing he saw. Oh, but you look good. <laughs> oh, everybody say, oh, but it looks good on you or something. Oh, like it looks good on you, though. <laughs> he looked up at the ceiling. <laughs> okay, so like most of these movies, we find, like, the funny movies come from real life. Yeah. You know? So this movie was inspired by co-star Brian Doyle Murray's memories of working as a caddy at a golf club. Yeah, because he talked about it being during, like, the height of the 60s. And he's mm-hmm. smoking weed and stuff like that. Probably. His brother, Bill Murray, and Harold Ramis also worked as caddies when they were teenagers, too. Isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. Nuts. It, it, and then, of Real course, life makes the best comedies. Yeah, which another real life moment is the scene involving the baby Ruth candy bar being thrown in the swimming pool. <laughs> that was also based off an incident at Brian Doyle Murray's high school. Oh. Mm-hmm. I forgot that Brian Doyle Murray, like three people wrote the script for this, right? Yeah, I think so. But he had the biggest uh, influence on it. Uh, I'm not sure. Maybe. Yeah, because I remember when we watched the um, making of, mm-hmm. Bill Murray was like, my brother had all kinds of stuff that he had jotted down that he wanted to include in the script. There was stuff that had to be scrapped even. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so I'll give you a couple more here. Yeah, I'm good on time. I'll give you a couple more. So when the bishop, played by veteran actor Henry Wilcoxon, is having the best round of golf ever during a thunderstorm, (laughs) he misses an easy putt, looks skyward, and yells, rat farts, (laughs) and is immediately struck down by a bolt of lightning. The background music in this scene was from Cecil B. DeMille's classic, The Ten Commandments, Mm -hmm. (laughs) in which Wilcoxon played the part of Pentar. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. So it was a little callback to another character. That's really cool. 
All right. So if you go to the Caddyshack restaurant in St. Augustine's World Golf Village, owned by the Murray Brothers. It's still around. I I don't know when this was written, so I guess I can't say for certain. But uh, they have on display a script from the film that displays a part from the movie. It was a scene cut from the movie, and it talks about a scene where Danny and Maggie go to the pharmacy to look for a pregnancy test. Yeah, so and then they put so tinks for nothing <laughs> in parentheses. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um. <sighs> Okay, we'll do uh, one more. Despite being one of the main stars, Bill Murray's character of Carl Spackler never interacts once with Rodney Dangerfield or Judge Smales uh, during the entire course of the film. They're never on scene together. Or on. That's true. Yeah. Dangerfield and Murray later appeared on screen together acting in Dangerfield's TV special, It Ain't Easy Being Me, but Murray only ever appeared alongside Ted Knight in interviews. They've never been on screen together. Wow. Crazy. Can I add a couple things? Yeah, go for it. It's no secret that Bill Murray and Chevy Chase do not like each other. Right. They've tried to like reconcile, but it never seems genuine. Mm-hmm. They had to do, like I think it's two scenes in this movie, and you can tell on set during the, like what you're watching is two guys that don't like each other trying to get along. Yeah, I was going to say that the one scene where Ty hits the ball into Carl's room that he's staying mm-hmm. or whatever, that scene, you could have cut that from the movie, and I don't know if anyone would have missed it. I it's know. so tense. It's weird. It doesn't feel like it belongs. Yeah, the cannonball scene where it's smoking weed and drinking whatever Carl has around. Yeah, some clear liquor. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, it just, that whole scene was pretty... It wasn't bad. It just felt out of place, you know? Yeah. This is also a movie that uh, caught a lot of flack. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, the guy that played the younger brother mm-hmm. never recovered in Hollywood. He uh, was the one that really talked about like what it took to make that film. He's like, that movie was filmed with cocaine. Caddyshack? Yeah. Oh. He hinted at everybody doing cocaine during it. Everybody. Yikes. Well, I mean, <laughs> it was the eighties, you see. <laughs> right. And they talked about how bad the sh- the how long the shoots got for it. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> I told you my throat's messed up. <laughs> what a wonderful world. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know. I just it, it was funny. It was a good movie, but yeah, when you see Ty and Carl together, it's like it's really awkward. Yeah. Well, and I know that... That ain't their only scene together. They had to cut a scene out of that because Chevy Chase almost died. Oh, yikes. Okay. Well, I mean, I know that Ty is, you know, well-to-do and Carl's just a groundskeeper. So it's supposed to be like a tense meeting. Not tense, but a weird meeting anyway. Mm-hmm. But it just... It was weird. I, the second it's I watched it... Though. I guess, kind of, just because of the joint and the, the liquor... Yeah, and he's like, "Oh, here, let me clean off the couch for you." And pulls off the blanket, and it's like dirtier <laughs> underneath. <laughs> pulls out the leaf blower so you can clean up. Uh, yeah. Anyway, all I right. I think that's. I think that's it. We just got to rank this baby. Yes. <laughs> Rewatch. I could watch this every summer. 
You're going to be disappointed That's in fine. Me. This, this <laughs> okay. is our, our perspective. Yeah. I'd probably give Caddyshack a four with rewatchability because it's one of those all-time great classic comedies. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to give it a two. It's just personal it's, preference. It's not a movie you can remake. It's not my type of comedy. There are funny parts to it, but it's just not... It's not really mine, you know? Yeah. I... Like I said, this is a movie that caught lightning in a bottle. Yeah. It's not bad. It just seems, I don't know. It's kind of an out there movie for me. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um. All right. Well, I guess the next thing we can rate it on, or the next thing we will rate it on, I don't know why I'm being so forceful. I don't either. <laughs> is the legacy of this movie. Legacy's always mattered to this movie. Uh, Tiger Woods talked about it being the greatest golf movie ever made it's referenced a lot i yes. feel like even if someone doesn't come out right and say it i feel like they um, got a sequel a lot of they did poorly well i was gonna say a lot of other shows and movies may parody this movie mm-hmm. or kind of how we said righteous gemstones they may not come out right and say that that's what that scene was with baby billy but honestly if you really break this movie down, it's it's been borrowed from a lot. Mm-hmm. A lot. Oh, Seth yeah. Seth MacFarlane, you can tell this I is one of his, definitely one of his favorite movies. Yeah. Danny McBride. Um, anybody that has control, controlling stake in anything in Hollywood, they borrowed from this movie in some way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, as far as legacy goes... I don't see any reason not to give it a five, I guess. Yeah, I would give it a five. It's it's one of those movies, too, where uh, people are always excited when something gets released about it. Okay. Because it had a documentary that did really well. Um, there was a con for it at some big country club mm-hmm. out in, I think it's like Pasadena or something. Yeah. People People love this movie. Actually, I just saw a guy wearing a Caddyshack hat today. Random. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was. I, I was like. I. I'm getting ready to talk about Caddyshack later. <laughs> well, the last thing we're gonna rate it on is the look and feel of the movie. Total eighties movie. It's, it's definitely eighties. It. Great music. <laughs> this uh, is the start to Kenny Loggins' uh, reign. The oh, power. We do like Kenny Loggins. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a time capsule of a movie where it's. You know when you, you know see it's it, 80s. it's the 80s, yeah. So uh, This is like arena rock error, just right in your face stuff. Rodney Dangerfield's character and just having him be super over the top mm-hmm. is like... Chevy Chase and Bill Murray on their climb. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. This mo- it's crazy this movie is before like National Lampoon's Vacation, Ghostbusters and all that. Like yeah. They had to do this first to get to that. Yeah, so, sorry. I've always been a fan of the aesthetic of this movie. I love the way the golf course looks. Danny's house, like we talked about earlier. That is a good touch, Also, I like the the 80s style of, like, uh, all that wood grain. Mm Mm-hmm. Like the judge's office and stuff. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Just go in our basement. You can enjoy it there, too. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think uh, I'll give it a four for the look and feel. I'm going to give it a five. Okay. Overall, I'd give this movie a three and a half, four. 
Um, I think I might be generous on a little bit of it, but I still think that's right. Three and a half, four. I can't decide on which one. I think mine is going to be a three, lower end three. Mm. Just for, it's again, if it's your type of comedy, it's good. Um, it's okay. Like I will watch it and be entertained, but I don't think I would choose to watch it myself. Yeah. I could see that. It just seems like uh, something that's out of your realm. You know what I mean? Yeah. We don't have to like the same stuff. No. That'd be pretty boring. Yeah. That's why you got to have difference in opinion. But I think that wraps up this week's episode <laughs> and our last camp episode. Aw. Yeah. Now we got to get on the bus and head home. Yeah. So stick around. Listen for a sneak peek of our next episode when we take you back to skew (laughs) (laughs) such a good song man oh lord all right we'll see you next week have a good one next week on the retro club uh is there anything better than a a, an old man and his boy sidekick oh god (laughs) you do get that a lot in television and movies. Mm-hmm. Even Indiana Jones had a boy sidekick. Short round. That's, yes, <laughs> that's true. And he's back in acting and did so well. God he bless did. him. This is this is probably one of the best mil- movies ever made. Honestly. Oh, yeah. This is like an ultra 80s movie. Well, the thing is, when you touch on futuristic things, people are always going to want to come back to it at some point to see if it turned out true. People got to come to the conclusion to either a good movie or a bad movie. Don't worry about the freaking time that it ends up being. I know, but everyone puts a time constraint. They're like, um, we're supposed to have flying cars now. That's because <laughs> people have high expectations when they shouldn't. They've been through life. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. This movie's so, so well Mixing and music by Kelsey Ingram. Cover art is by Megan Harris. Research is by John and Megan Harris. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Slasher at RetroClubPod. Or visit our website at RetroClubPod.com for episode information and more. You can listen to the Retro Club on Podbean, Spotify, Apple and Google Podcast, and more. Make sure to like, follow, and subscribe, or we'll find you.